This is the key point, was that I said in the meditation, um, if, if for any reason I don't get a chance to look at the stars for any decent amount of time tonight and I, I, and I, and I miss you if you turn up, um, if somebody else in Dunedin sees you or has a UFO sighting and I hear about it, then I'll know it works. So that was what I'd kind of the message I'd put out. But yeah, when I got back to work on Monday morning, um, my really good workmate that um, I work alongside every day, um, yeah, the first thing he said to me on Monday morning was, oh my gosh, wait until I tell you what happened in the weekend to my parents. He said, they saw two bright orange orbs just hanging about above their house and they were watching them and then the orbs just went from stationary to swiftly taking off. CE5, or Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, is shorthand for the act of humans initiating contact with extraterrestrials, and this can be done through some simple protocols that anyone can do. Those who engage in CE5 are cutting-edge ambassadors, ambassadors to other worlds, ambassadors of a new earth, ambassadors of hope. My name is Andre Cardoso, and this program shares the personal stories of CE5 ambassadors from around the world. Today, we'll hear again from Ben Milne. Ben is a CE5 ambassador who lives in southern New Zealand, and we heard from him in the first season of this podcast when he told us about his first CE5 experience. If you haven't heard that yet, go back and listen to it. In today's conversation, Ben shares an experience that highlights the strange and interesting ways that ET contact can be confirmed and how the connection with the ETs can spread to places and people nearby. We started the conversation by referring back to his first experience and exploring where he went from there. Yeah, so after your first experience where you you kind of had this shocking yeah, <laughs> realization yeah. Yeah. that you initiated that that craft that you saw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I thought, well, I just sort of tucked away that experience and, and, and um, thought, well, okay, that's great. Um, and I thought, well, like, I just sort of thought to myself, I'm a really busy guy. I'm sure the ETs are really busy with their life as well. And I don't all of a sudden... Like because I've made this discovery, I don't want to all of a sudden like make a nuisance of myself and like start expecting them to turn up all the time and start doing this all the time. I just thought, well, I'm just going to tuck that away, and um, when I feel like the time is right, I'll absolutely be doing it again. Um, so and so, just time went went on, and I like um, just got on with life and just always sort of kept kept thinking how amazing that night was and. It was actually like a whole a whole year before I decided that I would would do it again. But during that time, I kind of practiced meditation. I felt that was important to keep practicing meditation and just getting better at uh, finding the one the one mind, the one consciousness. And then eventually, um, I was it was actually during the day. I was at a nice lookout in the middle of the day. It was uh, beautiful sunshine. And I was just sitting, sitting there practicing a bit of meditation, and yeah, I was practicing the CTS technique that we've talked about, finding my way through the my where I am 
my position on the Earth and extending out into the solar system and in the intergalactic space and then and then coming back. I'd I'd, I'd sort of practiced that, that CTS technique quite a bit during the year, but I'd never really intentionally invited anyone. But today I thought, yeah, I'm I feel like I'm I'm ready to invite the ETs back and see what happens. And I thought, well, I know it's during the day, but I thought uh, in my meditation I said, um, yeah, please come and see me tonight. But the, this is the key point, was that I said in the meditation, if for any reason I don't get a chance to look at the stars for any decent amount of time tonight, and I, I, and I, and I miss you if you turn up, um, if somebody else in Dunedin sees you or has a UFO sighting and I hear about it, then I'll know it works. So that was what I'd kind of the message I'd put out. Yeah, and then... Um, so this was about 12 o'clock midday and then in the afternoon I had to get back to my family and take um, my wife and kids to my um, niece's birthday party which was out at a place called Brighton out near the beach and um, I don't really go out to Brighton a lot so I was really consciously thinking in my mind about how, like visualising how to get out to Brighton. I was thinking, oh now what, what way am I going to drive? to get there and then it's like oh yeah that's right that's the way I go and so I drove out there um, another key point so the day went on um, I actually didn't really get much of a chance to look at the stars at all that night so I was like oh it'd be interesting to see see if anything happens and then yeah so then the funny bit is that when I got to work on Monday morning because um, this had all happened in the weekend I think it was on a sun it was either a Saturday or a Sunday but yeah when I got back to work on Monday morning my really good workmate that um, I work alongside every day, and he's uh, he's heard a lot of my stories about UFO sightings in the past and things, and and I've shared with him a lot of UFO information. Yeah, the first thing he said to me on Monday morning was, "Oh my gosh, wait until I tell you what happened in the weekend to my parents." He said they saw two bright orange orbs just hanging about above their house and they were watching them and then the orbs just went from stationary to swiftly taking off and these people are like you know in their late 50s early 60s and um, they're um, church going Christians and they had no experience with UFOs or anything they didn't have any strong beliefs in ET or, or UFOs but um, it it really blew their mind and um, it made them ring their son, my workmate, immediately to tell them about him about what they'd seen because it was amazing to them. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so when he told me about that at work, um, oh, another point is that they live out at Brighton. So they were living in the same place where I'd gone to go to my niece's birthday straight after doing the whole meditation in the CTS. So, um, yeah, and then when my friend told me that at work, I'd sort of, it took me a few minutes to click, but I put two and two together and I realised that that was exactly what happened because I very specifically had said, if somebody else sees you and I find out about it, I'll know it worked. And I certainly did find out about it. It happened exactly the way it all been planned out. But that's just an example of the high strangeness that can happen. 
This experience from Ben reminds me of a CE5 occurrence that Dr. Stephen Greer shared in his most recent documentary, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, a film I highly recommend. The experience I am referring to happened in 1977. Dr. Greer was using the vectoring protocol, coherent thought sequencing, to contact the extraterrestrials in consciousness and direct them to his location in the Blue Ridge Mountains. But he first directed the ET's attention to where he was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then thinking out the route from Charlotte to where he was in the mountains. He went to sleep, and then on the next day he found out about a major UFO sighting over Charlotte that was tracked by pilots and air traffic control. This experience taught Dr. Greer just how accurately the ETs can follow instructions and guidance, since the path the craft took was exactly what Dr. Greer had visualized in his meditation. Getting back to Ben, next he'll go on to share some other things that happened to people he is close with since he started engaging in the CE5 initiative as an ambassador. Yeah, I've sort of had that a similar experience before as well. Like another workmate, um, he'd never thought of you, he'd never thought about ETs or UFOs. So he knew nothing about it, and one day I just got in the mood and I started telling him all about it, and it was sort of like I'd given him like a download of information all about ETs and UFOs, and he was. He was very interested about what I had to say, and, and um, he sort of took it on board. And, um, and then that very night, he went home. He was at night time. He was at home, chilling out. He'd gone outside to have a cigarette, and he looked up, and he saw a light craft coming over, and he'd never seen anything like that before. And he, he had his camera on charge just in the doorway, and so he just quickly went in and got it, came out, filmed it, and there was actually some really good footage, and he brought the camera in to me to show me, especially at work. And he said, you won't believe what I saw last night. I was out having a cigarette, look at this. And he showed me, and it was like a really good bit of footage, and sort of became a bit of a work joke because I kept on saying, you've got to bring the camera into me, I want that footage. <laughs> and it's sort of like just a hilarious thing that like um, I, I had to get the UFO footage off my workmate because it was really important and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but he never he always forgot to bring it in like I saw it he showed it to me but I never got a chance to get that footage but um yeah and then I guess another experience that happened really recently I could quickly tell you about my brother was um driving home late at night with his um girls in the back he lives up the coast um north of north of Dunedin and his daughters spotted a light out to sea and it was just sort of like out over the ocean. It was really bright. It got their attention. They um, had never really seen anything like it. Um, How old were they? Well, the girl who, one of them was, um, who grabbed my brother's phone to film it. Um, she's like, she was seven years old. She's seven years old. And um, yeah, so seven year old, sees a light. She grabs her dad's phone. She manages to film it. Um, and yeah, they see this light hovering out over the ocean and then they see a, a, like a streaking light whizzing past them. And, um, and then when they were looking back at the footage, like just after the experience had happened, they, they immediately looked back at the footage and then they saw that not only had they captured the light in the middle of the frame, this is an iPhone camera, mind you, you know, it doesn't pick up stars, but it picks up something that's bright enough. Um, and then they the top corner of the screen in the frame, it has the light whizzing past. You can see it in the picture. And 
they were so excited that they'd captured the shooting star, what they called the shooting star, um, they started hooting and hollering and, and squealing and making so much racket in the back that my, bro my brother was like, keep, keep the noise down in the back. <laughs> What's all the excitement? Because he had no idea what was going on, but like, he knows everything that I've been telling him about UFO. So he, he's, um, he, yeah, he, he sort of, he, he knows about it. But, um, and then, yeah, he, he was looking forward to telling me all about that and he showed me the footage and, and I was like, oh, wow, that's, yeah, that's great. I, mean, I found that really interesting. They had that experience. So, mm. yeah. So it can be like almost like contagious, like people in your life can start seeing it, that you open up to about it. Um, you can open up to your friends about it and then it just might just plant the seed of um, that knowledge and then they, it just might be all they need to open them up to um, seeing something themselves. And uh, I've noticed that that really does happen. That's fantastic. Yeah. Based on Ben's experiences, it seems that contact might even be contagious on some level. And this is very interesting considering the possibility of more and more people doing this around the world. Dr. Greer often refers to the goal of getting 1% of humanity to engage in this movement, since this would cause a powerful shift in human consciousness across the board, making peace and more open contact with ETs a much nearer eventuality. Ben will join us on another episode this season to discuss more about contact experiences within the context of week-long Group C5 expeditions. Until our next episode, I hope that this show will encourage you to go out and try initiating a CE5 yourself. To help get you started, you'll find a free guide to the basics of CE5 at ce5podcast.com. Dr. Stephen Greer also has lots of great resources for you, including the new CE5 contact app, which is like having a CE5 training course and guide right in your pocket. For that and more of the most definitive information out there on the subjects of CE5, disclosure, and new energy, go to SeriousDisclosure.com. That's S-I-R-I-U-S Disclosure.com. You can also find the groundbreaking film Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind on most online streaming platforms, and I'll include a link for how to find that film in the show notes. It means the world to me when listeners like you take the time to review the show on your podcast player. To do this and find other ways of supporting me in creating this show, go to ce5podcast.com slash team. I'm Andre Cardoso. Thank you for listening to the CE5 podcast. Peace and love.